The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Like, they act like this fucking quarterback, Drew Brees, is actually, like, a real player. <laughs> Drew Brees is going to, like, win MVP, dude. As soon as I start talking shit about him, this guy's winning MVP for sure. Welcome to episode 81 of the Gold Card Podcast. Uh, we're doing a little bit different this week. Um, we are recording on a Sunday afternoon, which is kind of blasphemy for this crew because we're all really dialed into football, but uh, due to some scheduling conflicts... This is the only time we're going to be able to record. So we had semifinals this weekend. We had a big news announcement. Uh, the game plan is we're going to recap the semifinals. We're going to talk over those. And then we, uh, we have opening lines for the grand finals next Saturday morning. And I'm going to do everything in my power to keep us a little bit on base here with uh, getting through this because we're all kind of watching football on the second monitors and everything. So... We will do the best we can with this show, and uh, luckily for you guys, there's only really one match to talk about, so you shouldn't be getting that diluted of a take or anything here. The good thing is, this is fresh. Uh, we just watched these games today and yesterday, so anything that you were forgetting about, don't forget, you shouldn't forget about. Easy. I'm a great host, aren't I? <laughs> that was the most awkward opening ever. So... Where we had we had a really really big retirement announcement, and uh, we had two of them yesterday. If uh, anybody that follows MMA uh, could be retired, that was crazy. But uh, we have Bjergsen calling it quits. He's going to be moving to the. Uh, did they say is it officially head coach or just a <laughs> head coach at his post. It says so it says specifically head coach. Who scores, yeah. Josh? The, the, the Browns just DB just got the ball thrown straight to him and he dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> I have Browns minus three. That's why. It's literally just because I have Browns minus three. Oh my! All right, I gotta. Well, well, welcome to Football Sundays, ladies and gentlemen. Because, like I said, this is going to be a fun show. Don't worry, the Saints are doubling up. Another third and nine. Don't worry, no problem. Oh, oh, we have so we have our Saints pick of the week from John last week. Our bonus pick of the week is um is live still. So that uh yeah, we're keeping a close eye on that. But uh, Bjergsen, uh going to be a head coach. First of all, uh. He's a huge name. Uh, like, I'll let you guys open up. Does anybody have anything specific on Bjergsen? Because I kind of have like a whole a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the probably the best NA player. Well, I mean, he's not even from NA, but like the best player to play in the LCS all time probably. And leaving at arguably one of his peaks, like I would say Summer was one of the best splits Bjergsen's ever had. So to, to bow out after that and go into a coaching role, I mean, it makes sense like from a long-term progression. It's like... He's probably ready to chill, man. He's been a professional player for a long time uh, for the esports scene. He's probably ready to chill and and do something a little different instead of being on stage. But 
Definitely shocking. I was not the only person that uh, did not see that coming from Bjergsen, I don't think. Yeah, I'm trying to look up how many finals wins he had. Looks like one, four, six. It's a seven-time title winner. Wow. That's pretty crazy. So I could be yeah, I could be misreading this. I don't I, I got into it a little late, but like is is Bjergsen and Double Lift like is this kinda like Caps perks, like they're kinda close and people just favor one or Yeah, was... that's been the argument. Those are the two. Okay. I think it's Bjergsen, probably. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like I, it's it's those two. I don't think anyone else is close really. Like there's guys that I think I could see becoming that, but they don't have like the body of work or the track record that these two do. So uh, yeah, it, this was this was pretty big news. Um, I guess I guess the other uh, the other angle to this, like, there's a whole, there's so many layers to this whole thing, right? Like, I'll say first of all that, and I kind of said that I, I somebody I said this in a post yesterday that you never always always appreciate these really good players in any sport or any activity because you never know when they're just going to do this, right? Like, I don't think anyone saw this coming. I definitely didn't. I thought he was going to be good for life. They just, he, I mean, he just signed a contract that last year. I thought he was going to be going for a little while. So, and we got a lot of these guys that are getting up there in age that have been doing this for a while. Um, uh, we were talking about Faker earlier this week. That was like a, that's another really interesting one. So, uh, yeah, the other angle to this that's interesting is uh, this to me could just be an instant upgrade for the coaching staff. Not, I don't mean to like turn it into that, but like let's let's be real. Like, how many question marks have we had about Parth and that coaching staff over the over the last like three or four years? Yeah, they've definitely been one of the sketchiest coaching staffs in NA. They and... had this playoff run was the best I've ever seen them like coach. Like, they had a great. I thought that's why TSM won legitimately. They had a great read on the meta game. They were way ahead of the curve on everybody else. It, it wasn't like they were doing anything new or innovative, but. They had the best. It seemed like they had the best grasp on on things. What was important? What to first pick? What to take out from other teams? And I think that was a big reason why they were so successful in playoffs. But this is like the only time that's ever happened. Like every other time, they've been a liability, and the players have like, even when they've won championships, the players have kind of like dragged that along. Like they've been doing the hard carrying, and uh, this was like the first time. So like, it's kind of weird to say that it could be an upgrade after they just had a good performance with it, but I, I legitimately think this could actually be an upgrade. Plus, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can argue against that a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, before they won their last two series in playoffs, they almost lost to Golden Guardians in, a, in two se- separate series that we thought were pretty poorly coached, and then they went 0-6 at Worlds as well, so can't be super impressed with that. Yeah, I think that's... one of the big questions that people have asked on Twitter about this Bjergsen retirement is, does Bjergsen retire if they don't already have thoughts of who's coming into the mid lane there? I feel like somebody, like, he doesn't retire if they're just bringing up, like, you know, a random academy guy that's been... King or something like that, yeah. Like, I think it's got to be a big-name free agent, or they really have a lot of faith in Evolved. Like, Evolved, I think, is very good. They're academy mid laner, but uh, I feel like there might be a big-name free agent coming into the the TSM mid lane if he's going to go to the coaching role. It's certainly possible. I I was talking to somebody about this, and, and historically, TSM... They don't go after like the big, big, big ticket free agent, right? Like they're not going to go out and spend gigantic money on an import. But 
they're not opposed to to you know spending up a little bit. Like they're not going to go get a crown, right? Joby, Joby, The tech, the tech. I've been saying it since the news is announced. Perks to TSM. He's clearly a sick of carry. Wants to be back in the mid lane. And I, believe you're, I honestly think like it, it feels really bad for G two because like Perks is kind of like the face of that org. But I think you have to stake your like claim to, to caps there, right? I think so too, yeah. Yeah, so perks to TSM and then eighty carry uh, opening on G two. I wonder who could fill that. Maybe the best eighty carry in Europe. Yeah, it's so some headgear. I just it's got I just it has to be perks to fanatic, dude. I want perks to fanatic so bad. It's it'd be yeah. such a sweet matchup for next season, man. That's such a lot of like Saints is hurt. Is that Kamara? Somebody's hurt. Does he have dreads? Does he have wearing number forty one? Man, it's. I think what's cra- what's crazy is like, like I'm trying to think of who else because like I, I don't see TSM going out and getting like a gigantic import. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just don't see it. Like they're not. That's not what they do. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the humanoid tweets too. So like that's kind of weird. Trolling or not? Yeah, I can't tell if he. I think he's just trolling, but you never know. I think so too. But yeah, so like maybe that's a thing. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think if there's like a challenger Korean guy that they would bring in, like Septed or like one of those guys that they could bring in, and he'd be pretty good. Or uh, maybe like a who's? Uh, what about uh, what's his name? Uh, Ray? Not race Not race Who's the mid laner for Legacy? Because like uh, that's their demand. They're they're gonna be not imports now with the, that's the true, Oceania and mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, you can bring in anybody you want from from Oceania now. That's interesting. Was that what if they just bring in the duo? What was it? Uh, no, the, the, what team were they actually on? I forget. Which one are you talking about? Uh, Talon. No, the two that stuck. Yeah, Talon. Tally, yeah, Tally. I don't know. Like the other thing with that is like Tally was like maybe the worst player on that team. So oh, I don't know about, if that's like necessarily Talon duo lane. He's talking yeah, about Talon, uh, oh yeah, the two guys yeah. that play for the the duo that's subbed in for Talon. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. Unibor and Kongwe have been yeah LMS the well now PCS LMS. like I, I don't think they're going to go to LPL. LPL. Yeah, if anything, they would go to the LPL, collect, you know, get their bag, and then and then leave. I will say that about this Bjergsen thing is that it's it's good seeing. I mean, that he got he got his payday. And what's even cool about like even cooler about this is this isn't like a. Co- I don't know if this is going to be like a coaching retirement home kind of situation because he's invested in this team. Yeah, like, you got to think he's going to do a good job. Yeah, it's like he, he has but... part of his contract was it was. I mean, obviously TSM is not a telecom company, but like. He got a stake in the company as part of his contract, so it behooves him to, you know, see TSM be successful in the future. So this isn't just going to be like, oh yeah, he's moving to coach, and this is like a gentle see you out, you know, see your way out. You know, they're putting laying the red carpet out on, you know, for the door, holding the door for him. Uh, he should be invested. I-, I could legitimately see him being an excellent coach. I really could. Like, admit he's that kind of person. Like, he has that kind of personality. I think people respect the hell out of him. Uh, but I mean, you don't you don't always know. There's plenty of really great players that just don't make good coaches. It's just like it, the transition doesn't happen for whatever reason. There's any number of things, so that's certainly a possibility. It's going to be interesting, and I think, who, yeah, who who it's going to be is maybe the most interesting. I would bet like 
I bet it's going to be like something unexciting. And people like I really do like it. That that feels like it would be like the most not even like on brand for TSM, but like they're I I would be shocked if they went out and paid big money for somebody. I'll put it that way. I hope they do, but uh, you, I think you might be more on the right side of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, to me, it feels like they have to right. Like last split, they played with four NA players. Like they're already not utilizing an import slot, so it feels like they're. They're, they're setting themselves up to do it. And maybe they end up doing it at the support position instead. But I feel like they're going to have to do get some sort of second import on this team. Yeah. Some, some way or another. So, I, like, I just don't think they'll do another 4-NA four, four split. So, like, it feels like they're going to have to grab someone from somewhere. I wonder if they can bring in, like, Pobelter or something like that. That's like see, that's that kind of that's the move that feels like it would happen, right? Yeah, that's the NA move. Right that would there, be like 100%. the classic NA move, right? Yeah, they they bring in Poe Belter in the mid lane and like impact in the top lane and just run it back as a lineup that has no chance of competing at Worlds. I don't. I think they're going. I think they like Broken Blade. Mm. Like I don't know if you. I don't know. Yeah, I, not, nothing this team ever does makes sense, and it somehow <laughs> always works out okay. So, like, Reginald is either just a genius or the luckiest SOB on Earth. I have no idea which. Because it seems like every time he, like, benches someone or makes a roster move, it ends up working out, even though I always questioned it at the time. Every time. I wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate if they went and got, like, Insanity. Yeah, he was great. He, he played yeah, really well, like, really well. When yeah, we and then just imported support or something, because that's I think that was their biggest gap at Worlds in terms of competing. Their bot lane was just way behind... Like, it's in every game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you have all these EU Masters players that could pick from, too. Maybe maybe Magi Felix takes another shot. Maybe he can yeah. get over the stage, the stage issues, the nerves, and all that. What if they bring in John's boy? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the colleague, this the only assassin player. Gosh dang it. Leader? Leader, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd take that, dude. I'd take leader in NA. He'd probably do very well in NA. Yeah. I, Some of the EU Masters, yeah. Yeah, like, there's a lot of the. Uh, that, that's the coolest part about, like, all, all like, the the Eastern Leagues and Europe is that they have these gigantic developmental, like, this giant pool of players to pick from. So, we'll see. And I think... It feels like they have to win. Like, I don't think TSM can have another year where they do badly. Like, they've had a lot of them recently. Even if they did well last split, they've had a lot of bad splits recently. Yeah. People are kind of down on the team, and they're supposed to be, like, the NA franchise. I think they'd really like to win. Yeah. I mean, they just did, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it, it feels like it's going to be that kind of a player to me. Like, it's not going to be a Crown or a Chovy or a Faker. Like, I'm, I shouldn't even put his name in that sentence, but. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be. Yeah, Faker would be too funny. Like, Perks, it's like, I don't see that happening either. I, I don't see Perks leaving Europe. But I could be wrong. I don't know, maybe if the money's I mean, right. It's a franchise. Yeah, that, that G2 situation, we should maybe just touch on it just slightly. Is that yeah. G2 situation is very interesting because Perks is the mm-hmm. face of their franchise. He's their Bjergsen, their Faker. But. Yeah, how do you go away from caps? And if Perks wants to play mid lane again, I mean, what are you supposed to do? That's that's a really interesting spot. Yeah, I'll say this: there's there's a whole bunch of layers to this because it's G two, where one, it wouldn't even I wouldn't even put it past them that they're trolling. Like literally, I would never put it past that organization that they're trolling. Uh, two, 
if they really like that, the, the, to me, that team, those players, it seems like they they really just enjoy each other. Like, mm-hmm. I legitimately could see like a timeshare situation, and they just bring in like a full time eighty carry in. And maybe there's something to that. Like T1 won a world championship doing that, right? With Easy Hoon and Faker. Maybe they want to do something like that. Uh, it's less wear and tear for the two of them. It, it, it seems a little unorthodox because of how good both of them are. But I mean, maybe we see something like that if if it comes down to like they just they don't care about the money anymore. They just want to win. Maybe they do something like that. So I wouldn't rule that out either. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting thought. Yeah, I could almost like, have seen Perks do what Bjergsen did. I could almost see have seen Pure, uh, Pure Perks retire and join the coaching staff. I almost could have seen a move like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll see. I mean, we have plenty of off season to go. Still, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that. But uh, yeah, we. W- this is more like a like an off season topic. Like we usually do all the hot stove and roster discussion in the off season. But I think the, the Bjergsen retirement and obviously the Caps Perks rumors is uh, especially the Bjergsen retirement. Like this is it's big news. So we also only had one match to really talk about for this episode, so we figured we'd bring it up and talk about it. And we also just got announced yesterday, so this is pretty fresh. So figured we'd uh, we'd touch on that one. Anything else on this? I mean, I didn't have like this big. I didn't. I didn't have time to prep this big like uh, monologue or whatever like I did for Uzi. And I don't think Bjergsen's quite in that realm. But I'll, I'll say this for like Western fans, he's one of the best to ever do it. Uh, he inspires a whole lot of people. Uh, really, like, how many different rosters and iterations of TSM and, and like, how many different rosters did he go through and, like, almost all of them were, like, at the very least pretty successful, like, even if they didn't win. Like, he had he's had so many different teammates over the years. He's done well in every single meta. I would argue that he was the best mid laner in the league even last season. And he's eight years into his career. <laughs> like, that's... He he's got to me. He's like Western Faker, um, maybe not to the level of like Caps or Perks, but just it seems like he's it's it's like ageless, right? Like it, it's what's up? I was gonna say yeah. I have to be careful with saying the Western thing. Like I don't think his legacy is anywhere yeah. near Caps. Or yeah, I'd agree. Like, like it's it's. I don't, it, I don't think he's there. Sure. Na Faker, I think is accurate. Like be, because. He's just got so many intangibles. It doesn't matter what the meta is. It doesn't matter what he's playing. He plays everything to a ridiculously high level. He's been so steady and so consistent over his whole career that I don't think people realize, and we've talked about this before, I don't think people realize just how difficult that is. Like, when you're the king and everyone's gunning for you and everyone's studying the shit out of you, it is so, so difficult. Especially because he's had some... I mean, this year in particular, I think, might have been his most impressive because we had a lot of questions about this roster for a lot of the year, and he seemed to make it not matter, at least in the summer anyway. They kind of had a rough spring, but yeah, uh, should not be taken lightly. This is this is a big this is a big retirement. It's a, a big deal that he's hanging him up. Uh, semifinals. Let's talk over these because we had we had two. Um, I thought they were pretty interesting series this weekend. Um, <laughs> You guys want to start today? Let's go. Let's go reverse order. We'll start with today. Okay. Um, we had sure. Suning and Top Esports this morning. Suning with a three to one victory in the series, and yeah, this is an interesting one. I, 
how much I guess I'll I'll open the conversation this way. If you had to put a percentage and I kind of did this last week too. If you had to put a percentage on like split it for how much of you how much you thought this was a sooning over performance or top esports underperformance. Or maybe you think it's like pretty balanced. So like uh, we'll go like yeah, give I'll give you a couple seconds to think on it. Because to me, um, to me, to me, this was like actually kind of close to like a fifty-fifty. Maybe it was like sixty-forty, like the sixty being a top underperformance. Because I, I thought top at least in two of these games just played terribly. Yeah, I thought it was an, a slight underperformance from top esports, but I liked Sunning going into the matchup anyway, just because, like we've been talking about the the meta game at Worlds has really leaned towards top laners and and bot laners as the the main carries. And that's really not where top esports is strong. And so even though they came in so dominant because mid lane was such a hard factor uh, in summer, it didn't feel like they were well positioned to win in this spot. I was pretty decent on Sunning here and was pretty happy to have Sunning win. Uh, I didn't think it was that much of an underperformance from top or an overperformance from Sunning. I thought I thought game four in particular was, was awful from top so maybe i'm just like i'm just biased because this was just a few hours ago now that i may be overthinking this a little bit because the game four was so like so specifically bad (laughs) Uh, um you know i'll I'll have my quick take um i do think it's more like maybe 60 40 for me because uh we all like top out where they came from but Throughout, from from the time they won the summer and through Worlds, you just didn't see that same level. It just kept declining for me for some one reason or another. And they're going to beat the opponents that they're supposed to beat. But Suning is the one that was game planning, the one that was looking for, and they, it it showed up even in Worlds. Like we said in our previous show, recent form it shows that Suning was better, and so they kept climbing. Um, I'm not taking anything away from Sunning, but this was not the top esports that we came to expect uh, that we saw from spring and summer. Yeah. It, it was just not them. Well, I guess like, here's here's the other angle to this is like how much of this was metagame considerations because like a big reason why I liked Sunning so much. I mean, obviously they were just playing pretty well, but a big reason why I like Sunning so much is that this team is tailor made for this metagame, dude. Like they're they're so yeah. so well equipped for right now that it's it almost reminds me of FPX last year honestly if you think about yes. it where they just had it, people didn't know it was optimal but they just had optimal right like so but they're also they got like a bit of their own flavor just like FPX does where like they're just playing what they're comfortable with right I I, I can't remember who it was it might have been um, it was one of the European analysts was had this big long chain tweet about how it's really cool seeing them just playing what's comfortable. Like, Jarvan's not a good champion right now, and they're just made, like, the SOFM's just making it work. So you have, like, Jarvan, like, this goofy tank Lee Sin. How, like, by the way, can we talk about how there was a, a B1 Lee Sin in a world semifinal <laughs> really quick? Because uh, that happened. Crazy. Uh, so, Josh, what about you? Like, was this was this more overperformance or underperformance? Like, like, how do you how do you weigh it along that spectrum? Because that that was kind of like the big conversation this morning with this. Yeah, I mean, like, I, it's it's tough for me to weigh because it's kind of like what John mentioned. Like, I knew coming in that like really it's going to be tougher for 
top swim because like mid lane is not strong right now. But then again, like I didn't really think Juan Feng's better than Jackie Love, and I also don't think you can really even say mid lane didn't matter because Angel's the reason that they won yep. game four. Like he hard smurfed and won that game and clinched the series, and like he made an amazing play when Top could have literally came back at the end uh, in the mid lane right right in front of the uh, in hit tower to kill Jackie. That literally, if, if he survives there, Top probably gets barren and is able to like at least stabilize, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get waves pushed out of their base. But I don't know. It, it, it's tough because because of that. Like I feel like that game specifically is like. How do you not call that an underperformance? Like, yeah. how many times does Knight ever let his opponent, opposing laner, go eight oh four or whatever the hell he went? Like, d- despite any matchup concern or whatever. Like, so to me, I don't know how to really handicap whose side it goes on, but I, I feel like stuff like that makes it uh, a little bit underperformance on the on the side of of top. And again, like even even the just the jungle picks that Suning was running with is like weird, but. Someone mentioned on Twitter, and something I do agree with is like Suning was kind of like the only, only uh, team that in the LPL like like was willing to adjust to the new meta, uh, and that kind of played out with how they ended up getting to the World Final, right? Like they beat JDG, they beat and they beat Top, so like they they definitely earned their spot here. And I don't think it should be lost on people that they were like the only ones that really, really, really changed up to like embrace the new meta. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, you brought up that game four I was talking about a little bit before we got onto the cast here, but uh, that to, to, in my, for my money, and I've watched like every game of Angel's career, that was the best game he's ever played. Because like, I if you just look at that draft, I don't know how top esports lose. I really don't. Like, I have no idea how they lose with that draft in in that situation. It was gonna take like, I, it was gonna take like an actual to me like that kind of berserk performance, right? You you just needed somebody to go absolutely batshit crazy, and that's exactly what happened. Angel just had the most insane series I've, I've seen from him ever, I think. And really, on Akali, too. Like, that is, like, the least Angel champion, right? Like, he's he's very much been, like, one of these, like, oh, he's, like, Zoe players. <laughs> Here we go with the... <laughs> <laughs> Let it out, Josh. What happened? Bro, all right. The, the, the Panthers are in, in field goal position, and Teddy takes like an eight-yard sack, so they bring out their kicker for a 65-yard field goal that he misses by like a yard. And then Drew Brees gets a QB sneak to ice the game. I, I just John is John's a curse. He's like a literally walking curse. Oh, I'm, I'm balding, dude. I'm so mad. How do you <laughs> get field goal range to tie the game with a minute and a half left, and you get sacked for eight yards? To give your kicker like an impossible field goal when you were when he was just right in range for a perfect field goal, do any play that doesn't let you, you lose eight yards. I don't care what play it is, whatever play it is, don't lose eight yards. I'm That's so mad. Unreal. That's Ouch. unreal. Uh, so this Oops, this Panthers pick of the week is is uh, getting mm. redded out here. Dusted. You're getting closer every week though, John. That was bulls. <laughs> this Saints team is the most fraudulent team I've ever seen in my life. Every one of their games is won by, like, one possession. How about the Bears, by, dude? Uh, the, the Bears are probably the best team in the NFL compared to the Saints, dude. The, Saints <laughs> the, the, the Bears at least have a defense. You know, just started watching football intently this year. Oh, this it was last year the best team in NFL history. This is by far, you can go back 100 years, you won't find a the team. 19, the 19 Packers? The 19 Packers, yeah. Josh? Yeah. Um, 
totally lost my train. Oh, so like, just going a little more on this series, like, do you think this was this was like kind of similar to the JDG series, right? Like, I don't think JDG necessarily like. I don't think I don't think Top or JDG shit the bed to the same extent that Gen G did. Do we agree with that across the board? But it was definitely an underperformance from those two teams, right? Yes. Yeah, I think honestly, I think JDG was so well positioned to make the finals. Yeah. If they would have if they would have drafted and played a little better in that series against Sunning, I think they would have put uh, Top Esports in the dirt. So I feel really bad for JDG too. Yeah, I, I think w- what's interesting is I kind of thought JDG's issues were more draft focused, and while I didn't necessarily like some of these top drafts, I think top it was just like they just played badly. Like they, I, I don't know, maybe. I mean, did you guys get this vibe that like it, it? To me, it literally looked like nerves. Like it actually looked like the pressure finally got to top esports, and they've been like so cool under pressure this entire year, right? And like that game four. They were just tilted off. It looked like I, like that that weird level one fight. They got it back, and they were even with a, a, a team comp that basically can't lose if you just five v five. And they kept walking in like two at a time and dying over and over and over again. So, yeah, I don't know. Like maybe the nerves got to them, but like they were just not operating. They like bought a car and they didn't know how to drive the car. But that's like the most basic fundamental team composition in this season that you could have, basically. And they just looked like they were completely lost on it. I mean, look, I give credit to Sooning for Sooning G two'd that series, didn't they? Like that's the, like that that fourth game, it literally looked like a G two game. Where it just takes like a hero performance and then like a little bit of uh smoke and mirrors to get it done. Like a lot of like the nonsense split pushing and just picks that didn't make any sense. Like why are why are they why are they in this bush at this time? Like, yeah, it was it was a really good series from them. Yeah, it's kind of sad that we didn't get to see more of that from G two, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I think I'm not trying to take anything away from Sunin because it did take a hell of a performance from them for them to win this series still because Top were that good. Top could play bad and it's still extremely difficult to beat them. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely, a lot of respect to Sunin for this series. Uh, anything else on this one? Well, uh, I'll, be, I'll say one more I, thing. Uh, people are nominating Knight for the Dada Award. I think that's a little short-sighted. I know it's frustrating. Uh, I know it's frustrating seeing him not go like you know crazy at this tournament. But I would I would remind people that he's blind picking almost every single game, right? And the it's they weren't playing through him in this tournament. Now maybe you could fault Tops coaching for that game plan. Maybe they should have been playing through him more, kind of like G2 did with Caps, right? That's certainly a possibility. You should maybe ide- – like, there's that – that's – to me, that's the argument against it, right? You could, like – you could criticize the coaching staff for not abusing your strongest advantage. But I also – I have a hard time doing that when you know there's a certain way to play the game that's good right now, and they're more than capable of playing that way. So – Yeah, I think the Dade Award's a little far – like, I don't think Knight – played badly i don't remember very many games where i was like wow knight's really getting tuned up here yeah it's just that he didn't go off and carry like he was in summer and i think a lot of that was the coaching staff or the game plans fault uh to some degree yeah i wish they had done something a little bit more like g2 and said you know we're just going to put knight on on super like overpowered snowball champions and just let him go nuts i think they could have had a little bit more success that way especially against sunning yeah the other thing that's crazy too is like they showed that they're willing to go off script, right? Like, 
they eventually at some point they just put Carsa on Lee Sin or whatever he wanted to play to get the like set, right? They wanted to get the lanes ahead and get the lanes going. And they showed a willingness to do that. And they still just like didn't play through mid like almost ever, which was just it was just kind of weird to me, but I, I guess I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall during their game planning. Because, like, if they just didn't think that was a good way to play, I could understand it. But, yeah, it just it felt kind of weird. I, I think, if anything, you, you, you look at their Could bottom you... lane. Go ahead, Josh. Just... I, was, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, but what I'm going to say is, like, we – I think we ended the thing about, like, who, who could be the biggest appointment, and I had said – It'll be damn one because like anything short of a championship is like a disappointment for them. And I think that same way with Knight. Like if other than the best player in the world in this tournament, then it was going to be a massive disappointment, right? So while I while I'll say like unfair expectations, I will say that like I can understand at least where the logic is re- deserving that award because he probably wasn't even within like the top five players, maybe not even the top ten in terms of world's performance. And when you're coming in with the expectation of being the most dominant player in the world, which is, again, I'm not saying it's fair or whatever, but it is the reality of the situation. Sort of understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and we they were another team like top end damn one both like we mentioned it because like the the sports books like the betting markets top were the prohibitive favorite to win this tournament. Like they were overwhelmingly the favorite, and you know when you have people looking at that. There's just going to be no matter what. There's just going to be unrealistic expectations, and everything's going to be a disappointment if you don't win the whole thing, basically. So there's probably a little bit of that too, but yeah, interesting. Anything else in this one, or no? All right, no, nothing. For me. We had uh, Gen G, not Gen G, G two. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I'm still still shell shocked. We had uh, G2 and Damwon in the other series on the other side of the bracket. Damwon with a 3-1 to one victory. Um, yeah. Who wants to jump in on this one first? Yeah. This one, I just got to say, after two games, I was so excited for this series. I thought, like, Damwon came out and played a classic Damwon game in game one. G2 responded very well in Game 2 and won game, uh, the game the way that I would expect G2 to win games. And I was ready for a banger series. And then it was just kind of two more Damwon games that G2 didn't feel super in at any point, really, and Damwon just showing that they were the better team. This is one of the first times ever that I remember G2 being in a series where they were not the ones getting the passive gold advantage. Yeah. It's like one of the first times ever. Yeah, that Dam- When there was no kills happening, Damwon was winning, and it was up to G2 to force fights and outplay them to try to make up that difference. And most of the time they just couldn't do it. So yeah, huge props to Damwon. They, that, that was a much more, I said, I was not that impressed by their dragon X series. I was very, very impressed by their G2 series. Yeah. I was really impressed by this series as well. Like that's not easy to do. Against you. First of all, it's not easy to play. It's not easy to dictate the, like dictate the pace against G2 period. I don't care who you are. G2. It, Really, if you want to talk about intangibles, G2 do that better than any team I've ever seen, I think. Where they're just going to make you play their game. It doesn't matter if they win the game. It doesn't matter if they lose the game. You're playing a G2 game unless they just, like, hard in early, right? And it's it's crazy to me that they three of the games in this series were just, like, a completely dominant, right? 
the three wins in this series were pre- – I mean, game three, I guess, was kind of a little back and forth, but, like, these are three pretty convincing – like, pretty convincing wins. And that is not easy to do against G2. So, I we, we mentioned it last week, but, like, w- so if, if G2 had won this series, were they going to be the favorites for, to win the tournament? Yeah, I had. To, I have to think so. I don't think either one of the LPL teams was was looking like they were going to be the favorite in the in the semifinals, no matter who won that semifinal. Yeah, it felt like it was likely to be Dam One, and then if G two beats Dam One, I think that just says you know they're, they're the guys. How about uh? I mean, there's really not that much else to say on this on this match to me. Like, I didn't think there were any like crazy drafts issues i mean you can maybe make an argument for the first game of the series with the the recon lucian lane like the lucian flex i don't think lucian's a good ad carry i think he's kind of like all the buffs that he got are more related to levels and like like leveling up and getting levels in his skills which you don't get as much in the uh in the carry position i did like the idea of flexing it to get the silas pick but yeah there's really not too much else to say on this damn one just crazy good and it's impressive to make G2 look this way. There's not a whole lot of teams ever. I don't think they can do that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Any, uh, any other thoughts on this one? Josh, you look like you got something. Uh, I was going to add, I didn't uh, catch game one, but the uh, I think they blinded Renekton and then got punished, so I, I love to see that. They deserve that. If you go with Renekton and the GP, you're just literally axing to lose, so Stop blind picking Renekton and maybe you won't get eliminated. But I don't know. It, it sucks because it felt like, especially with their top line picks, kind of throughout the tournament, it was just like a little bit weird how they, like, Wonder was playing both tanks and carries and like it wasn't, they weren't like adjusting their play style to it really. So it just made it kind of odd. Like yeah. it, it wasn't like it was on a carry, they were just hard ganking him or anything. It was like they were playing the same style. And then, I think one of the games, I forget which. I think it was game one. I mean, just double check. Yeah, game one. I noticed, like, I, I did go back and like watch it shortly, but I remember watching and like Yankos is just trying to perma gank on Lilia, and like you just can't. Yeah. So it's like that was kind of a prime showcase for me of them being like, yeah, we're trying to play the meta, but still play the GT way. Because I think he was losing in farm to Hecarim, which is like, you know, Hecarim's a good farmer, but Lilia is like the best yeah. farmer right now. And it was just because he kept ganking every lane. And it was like, man, that it really sucks because like you can see them like trying actively to be like, we're going to play the meta champions. But Yankos' play, so I was just like, I need to be ganking and helping my laners. So like that was really like kind of sad for me to watch at least the early game of game one. Yeah, I know um, something that stuck out to me, and I, I, I kind of wrote about it. In my in my recap this morning or yesterday, it was yesterday morning actually. But uh, something that really stuck out to me was: uh, Did you see the tweet that Grabs sent out after this match? He basically said, uh, "I'll just I'll just read it verbatim." This is from Grabs. Grabs tweeted this out after they did their interview, their post game interview, the press conference or whatever. He said, "I only feel regret that we played worse than we could have. It probably would have not been enough anyways, but at least we could have given you a better series than this." And to me, that, like, it would have probably not been enough anyways really sticks out to me because, like, G2 have shown respect to other teams before, but I don't think I've ever seen them say anything like that about another team. 
usually they banter and they talk trash and it's fun and it's great and everything. And they've had some times in the past where they, you know, class it up or whatever. But I don't think I've ever seen that level of gravitas from them before regarding anybody. Because, I mean, maybe it's just, like, how they felt after losing. Obviously, you're pretty emotional in those kind of situations. But, like, to see Grab say something like that, it's just, like, it might not have been enough anyway. Like, that's a pretty that's a pretty crazy thing to say publicly yeah. to a team like that. They definitely recognize the damn one was a very, very good team and in very, very good form. Yeah, I, I just, like, I've, I've just, like, never seen him say anything like that. It kind of I think, I mean... I do think part of it had to do with, like, another tweet he wrote that was basically, like, or maybe Carlos wrote this one that was, like, yeah, let them have their fun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so I, I do think part of it's probably, like, recognizing, yes, they're a great opponent, but the other one's probably just, like, saying, like, don't be mad at them because they did bar celebration or whatever. Like, yeah. Get oh, look, that, that was Carlos. Carlos oh, yeah. 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 yeah, so I think that was, like, part of it as well. Yeah. Celebration. It was, yeah, it was just a uh, – I mean – When's the last time we saw G2 dispatched like that? Like, I don't think we've ever seen them get dominated like that. Maybe did Fnatic beat them in? No, because Fnatic have only ever beaten them in like five game series, right? uh, Maybe Origin like two years ago in playoffs. I'm just trying to think of like best of fives Uh, that G2 have lost. Like, I don't think I. Just Fnatic and then Mad Lions. Yeah, yeah, the Mad Lions win, I guess, was pretty. uh... But that one, even that one was. Like close, even that one was close. Yeah, it's... yeah, they haven't been they haven't been crushed by anybody except for FPX last right. year, really. And this damn one win against them actually felt more dominant than the FPX one to me. Yeah, because that that had a couple really close games in it at least, and before it just got off the rails. But yeah, this was uh, yeah, I would say, I would say yikes for G two because that's. I thought this was like I, I look. I was on day one for this series, but I I thought this was probably going to be at least. A, I thought we were going to get two or three competitive games, and we got like one, like maybe one and a half. So, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, I'll say this: we we kind of talked about it with the Bjergsen discussion. I don't want to spread rumors or anything like that, but like there's a possibility that this was the last time we saw this G two roster, and kind of in the same vein of the appreciate what you've been watching and appreciate all that that I said I mentioned with Bjergsen there's a chance this is the last time we've seen this iteration of G2 probably the best western team we've ever seen so I don't want to I don't want to like be putting the coffin in the ground necessarily because you know things could change in the offseason we could see a time series situation but uh this seems this seems a roller coaster this team may be the most fun team to watch ever they're just so bizarre and unorthodox in everything they do and how they handle themselves on social media and everything. It's 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 really, really cool. And I'd, I'll be really bummed if it is, if this is the last time we saw them. But, um, yeah, just figured I'd mention that. Finals. Anything else on this one? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you guys off. If you have anything else here? Yeah, no, ready for finals, I think. Grand finals. What do we, uh, let's, any, any updates from the, the world of, uh, round ball? Uh, the, the Browns have one minute to drive down and score, or else they're going to lose to the Bengals. Uh, uh Detroit has awesome. the ball down the six The Falcons points. got there in the end, but now Detroit has the ball with 19 seconds. I actually made a huge mistake. Why I could never we... parlay football games that are on this early slate because it's no fun watching like three of them at the same time, trying to keep track of what's happening. Oh yeah, 
the sweat the sweat isn't as copious. <laughs> Way better when you have one game at a time. Um so we have lines for the finals. I looked at a couple different places. I'm gonna check one more just real quick to see if there's any uh any big changes there since I put this up. But we had lines out uh within an hour of the games this morning finishing up. Uh Damwon are okay, this is about right then. So we have Damwon minus two forty four on the money line. Uh, minus one point five maps at minus one twelve. Sooning plus one ninety five. Plus one point five maps is at minus one nineteen. Um, oh, I'll I'll mention the map totals just real quick. The map totals over three and a half maps minus two ninety four unders plus two oh seven. And then we have a five and a half kill spread. Kill total is twenty seven and a half minutes, and the time total is thirty two minutes. So. Very similarly priced to the G2 series, uh, not at first, but where the G2 series ended up, like the G2 Damwon series ended up, was in this range. It was very, very close. Uh, for me, this is like a slam dunk for Damwon. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll break this down in a second, but I, I like Sooning and everything, but uh, <laughs> I think Damwon are enough better to justify this. I bet Damwon at this price against G2. Any other thoughts on this one? Or are you guys yeah, still I mean, kind of digesting is, sides? Because I know I kind of I think just this is, at you. I think this is slam dunk for Damwon as well. I'm with you there. And uh, the bet that sticks out to me, I like the under on kills, actually, in this matchup. Uh, this is the same totals that we had for Sunning and Top Esports. Mm-hmm. And Damwon is not Top Esports when it comes to, like, bloodiness per game. And three of those games went under this morning, so... Yeah, I think uh, I think this is a good uh, a good line to take the under on. I think this might not be a super high blood series. Sunning kind of plays to their opponents a lot of the time, like whatever their opponent's uh, style is, they play a little bit more into that. And Damwon, when they control the pace, is not a super bloody team. So I like the unders quite a bit. Yeah, I think um, I think that's the line of play here. Like Josh, are any of us going to be on Sunning here? Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did take them for my pick of the week just because, you know, damn it, I got to have a win before the year closes out. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't say it's much. Uh, like, I hear a lot of noise on Twitter that, oh, it's going to be a 3-0 final. It's going to be an easy sweep. I just, I want to give this Sooning credit for getting to this, even to this point, and they're going to continue to surprise us. I think that they're, Game planning, uh, they're going to put more effort. I don't know how much difference that that, that makes in the grand scheme of things, but I don't want to say that this is an easy damn one like um, victory. I think they're going to earn it. Um, Sinning is going to need to pull every stops. Maybe they already pulled everything out for top, top esports, but if they can match with top esports, I surely they can make this uh, a fairly fun and closer than the results maybe indicate. Um, Josh, Damwon, Sooning. Uh, this is tough because I, uh, you know, I've been on G2 the whole time and they just lost to Damwon, so I should probably be on Damwon. But I also have never been on Sooning, and I I feel like I've said this every week, and it hasn't gone too – I mean, it's probably been about 50 but, like, a team being plus 200 in the finals just seems a little bit weird to me. Uh, like, Damwon is more favored here than they were against G2, I believe. Um, maybe yeah, slightly. I'm... I think it was like 233 or something like that. 
Yeah, even though Suning like didn't I think Suning ended by beating G two twice and like all this. So like that's I, I'm trying to wrangle with that. It's it's a little bit interesting because I just don't know. Like I I don't know if I actually believe that Suning was a worse team than G two at this point in the tournament, but maybe I do. Um it's just like I don't know, Damon just feels like a wrecking ball, like and that's, that's what I'm reconciling uh, with. Like, I like I keep trying. Like, I guess let's let's break this down then, like in more detail, right? Let's. It seems like we're all leaning Dan one. Like, I know Chris Chris has mentioned Sooning, but like, let's let's defend the underdog here. Like, let's make the case. Let's play devil's advocate, right? What's the what are like the the pro like the what's the case for Sooning? Like, what are the pros? Like to me, the best thing that Sooning have going for them is that they're like a little unorthodox. Like they're weird. Like they'll play split push. They're very good at it too. By the way, if you saw that this morning, um, they'll play like tier two champ. Like they'll play the Jarvan. They'll play some of these tier two champions. Uh, so I think that's the first aspect that Sooning has going for them is that they're a little bit di- they're a little bit different. They're just weird, right? They're kind of a weird team. The other thing that they have going for them is that they're just playing insanely well right now. Like the, this is like one of the uh, this is like the best we've seen from them. So, um, <laughs> uh, this is some football banter going on in the the text chat here, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Wait, did this really happen? We've, are we going full yeah, the, here? the Lions went down the field in like 30 seconds and scored a TD to beat the Falcons. <laughs> they had oh, no, seconds. no, they don't. Just wait. Just wait. Oh, no. They're, 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 uh, judging by Twitter, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a, a fun next play. Oh. oh. We're not going to get any of this done. So, like, I, t- to me, you have – those are the two things working in Sooning's favor is that they're a little bit unorthodox – um, they've played, they've found a way to make this split pushing work. They're very well equipped right now in terms of like, th- if they want to counter pick support in top lane, which is what they've been doing, Damwon can do that, but that hasn't been like their main focus. So maybe they got, they get caught off guard in a game or two and they're just playing out of this. Like they're just playing at their ceiling, really. Like they're just playing out of their mind right now. So wh- what? They missed the field goal. Oh my god! Wait, what? They went down the field in like thirty seconds and scored a touchdown, and then missed the field goal. So it's going to overtime. I am. Uh, they got an un- they got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the touchdown, so they got moved back fifteen yards for the extra point try and missed the extra point. Oh my god! I turned off the stream, dude. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, they made it, but there's another flag. I don't know. I'm, my stream's like so far behind, I can't tell. And Twitter is like making no sense. They're just like, I don't know what's happening. Well, that's crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> Illegal formation on the defense, so it counts. Okay, they did get it. They did get it. Wow. Oh my god! Holy shit! What a fiesta! So to to me, those are the two. Those are the two cases for Sooning. Like the, I mean, I guess the third one is the case. We got to interrupt again. We got to interrupt again. The Browns missed their field goal. Okay. <laughs> oh, they hit it. Oh, okay. It looked like they missed it. I was like, Oh my, oh my god, god, dude! They did. They did. They missed it. So they're only up three, uh, which is going to be a push. Dude, we'll have to. Actually, like, we had to do like a Sunday hangout. 
That'd be fun. Maybe we'll have to do <laughs> yeah, the esports department. We'll, we'll do, on that we'll do like the Sunday, the Sunday football hangout. That could be fun. What a terrible gold card podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. It's it's. <laughs> I think it's going to be end up being pretty funny. So I guess we'll see. Um, and I guess like the third case is which is like the one that's always live in any given series is just like damn one have a no show or they just get a bad night's rest or they look like shit or Suning has some wacky strategy that's just so off the wall that it flummoxes them, you know, like I don't, I don't tend to talk with those kind of circumstances in mind very often because I think relying on that is not something you want to do in a handicapping situation. But to me, the first two are worth noting, right? So I, like any any other any other like devil's advocate like pro pro suning arguments here from you guys like if you had like like tell us tell the story where suning wins this series bot diff maybe like I mean I, I don't think Damwon like Barrel's been very good but I still don't think Ghost is like a you know top shelf eighty carry he's played very well this yeah, season he's had a but... really good tournament but yeah I, I agree yeah I mean I'm mean, not one of the top shelf eighty carries maybe they could find a way to create some advantages down there in the bottom lane and really go nuts I, I don't see Ben having a good tournament. He is not um, – Ben has traditionally not done that well when he's playing against the other big carry top laners. He did well playing against 369, who's not like what we would call it a carry top laner, but did not do as well, I don't think, uh, when he played against the others like Zoom. He had a bad series when he played against Zoom. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think I don't think you look to him for this series. I think probably the bot lane is where you would have a shot at getting an advantage. Josh, uh, make your pro. What's your pro suning case? Uh, I actually do. I do agree with like bot diff, but I actually think it could be interesting to see them like hard index in the top lane because like we all know Nugger is good and has the ability to play any champion, but it's not like they're hard focusing around him very often. Um, they kind of just let him do his own thing, and then he shows up late game in team fights, oftentimes on like a cannon or or whatever. Maybe. Holy crap! I thought. Since he just got a Hail Mary. Uh, <laughs> this is like, um, this has been insane, actually. <laughs> yeah. The ending to these games at the 1 p.m. is stupid. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it could be, uh, maybe like a Ben Jacks game or something on a counter pick where he just, like we said, they, they can play side lanes and he just hard pushes side lane and, and ends up popping off or something. Um, in addition to, to, I think the bot lane. And the other one's like, uh, like, it, you know, the whole LPL versus LZK angle, like, you never know. Like, you, it's hard to count out the LPL at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think that's definitely worth mentioning, too. Uh, something I didn't mention, we kind of went through this exercise last week, that the map money lines for this are minus 175 plus 131. So that's, like, again, that's, like, the actual, like, individual, like granular like granular handicap on the series is it's just that and then extrapolating it extrapolating it over the course of multiple games, right? So, like, a minus 175 is... One second, I'm just going to put this in real fast. Is like a, it's like a 59-41 implied odds, like, without the VIG, whereas the other way around, it ends up being closer to, like, a 70-30 matchup. So, um, not 70-30, I think it's, like, 67, whatever it is. Let me do this real fast. Um... Yeah, it ends up being like sixty-seven and a half to thirty-two and a half, right? The other way around, like for the series number. So, if you think about like, is is this like a is this like a fifty-nine forty-one? Because I I think it's I think it's more than that. I really do. Yeah, like, I think it's more than that too. I think it's likely to be a three-zero. 
I think there's yeah, I, I think there's a pretty uh, to to me the the damn one minus one and a half. I'd I'd be shocked if if Sunin got more than a game or two here. So like getting back into the numbers a little bit, like I'd say like again, like I, I did I I mentioned this in the write up, but I did some I did doing like cross regional comparisons within my model doesn't always work because of the way things compare in the different leagues. Like a lot of the standard deviations and stuff don't work out because of like how the leagues are better and worse at different things. But if you just threw that, you know, through those together, um, this comes out roughly to like a 65, 35 matchup based on that. And that's like just on the numbers. But I, to me, it's more than that. Like, I think Dan Warner just another world good right now. I think this team is just like, I, I Josh called him a wrecking ball. I think that's the case. Like, you're not stopping this freight train. Where's that? We need, we need the, uh, the Walter White meme. Ain't nobody stopping this train or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think people were over hyping them like a few weeks ago in the sense that I think they definitely, there were some teams in this playoff that they could have lost to, and people always kind of treated it like it was a foregone conclusion, yeah. or many people did. And I think they could have lost series to some of these teams, but at this point, I feel like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty very, very likely that Dan Wunsch crushes the final. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned this too. Like, when, when we were going into this, uh, into this tournament, we kind of had these top four-ish teams, like, all pretty, like, I could see any of them winning it. And then we had, like, you know, G2, Dragon X, and Sooning, like, on the outside looking in. Like, if things went well for them, we could see them taking the whole thing down. Like, you could pick and choose who you liked best, but I do think it was, like, fairly close. In hindsight, it just looks like Dan one are were actually that much better than everybody. I mean... We've only again. It's only been like ten games, so it's tough to judge based on that. But it, like everything we've seen so far, it really just looks like Dan Wan are like in a class of their own in this tournament. So I think it'd be pretty hard to. That's the other thing. Like if you're going to go on Sooning, you have to you have to make a non a non hopeful case for them, and I think it's just really really hard to do that. This is the this is like this is what I grappled with and struggled with with the G two, uh, Dan Wan G two series was. We know G2 are capable of anything, but when I like actually try to sit down and think about it, I was like, you don't, you can't, you can't handicap with the, uh, like with the, the variance, like in, in like relying on variance, I guess I should say, right. Unless it's like, you're talking about big underdogs. So like when I, yes, I know G2 are capable of anything. That's what makes them so fun to watch. That's what makes them so good is that they're, they're, they can come up with crazy things. But when it, when push came to shove and I had to like actually, you know, put the money in I had a, I, I couldn't I couldn't justify a pick on G2 there so I think G2 have a better chance of doing something than a team like Sooning does but I mean you could make the argument that Sooning just look better right now so there's yeah I don't know I, I to me this is a slam dunk for for damn one I would probably take it at anything minus 300 or, or lower I, I think I think this is one of the best teams we've ever seen uh I mean, we'll we'll see. We're gonna see how it goes down for sure. But, uh, yeah, Chris, are you Chris, do you actually? I think Chris is able. To do it. So, Chris, do you actually think Sooning have a chance to win this, or is or are you just like putting it for pick of the week purposes for game theory purposes? It's mostly game theory, to be honest. But you know, also Mr. Ben's eyebrow—that's the secret weapon. Mr. Ben's eyebrow. Gonna, yes. Gonna, All right, cool, cool. It's gonna distract the you know. Um, but yeah, I, I really, 
it's hard to say. I, I just don't. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I was like, I didn't know if you actually thought that that was like a, like a value or anything. You're just mostly game theorying it. Okay. Respect it. Chris is playing the pick of the week game. Uh, so pick of the week, I guess. Unless you, do you guys have anything else on this series? No, I, I think we're not going to get that exciting of a final. I hate to say. Yeah. I was very high for G two and FBX last year, and I, this one I I don't foresee being G two FBX last year was was a pick'em. How yeah, often Fnatic, do you get to see that? Uh, even Fnatic versus IG was a really hype matchup when that was happening. This one just doesn't feel as exciting as those ones. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this this is this is kind of like I think the the miracle. I don't even call it a miracle. On Sooning have been so so good, but I, I kind of think they're they're just going to run into a brick wall here. Um, you know what? I, I finally figured it out. Sooning is like legit the Tennessee Titans from last season. Yeah, maybe. Like they beat the Ravens, and everyone was like, "Whoa, wait, hold up, what?" And then they beat the Pats, and it was like, "Okay, okay, what we got going on here?" And then they ran into the Chiefs, and they're like, "Oh yeah, right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, I want to bet on them because, like, it seems like I should be betting an underdog in a world's final that's plus 200, you know, almost any time. But it's like they're just running into a buzz, so I don't know. It's, it's like, tough for me to conjure up any ways that they actually end up winning the game. Unless, you know, maybe Angel just body showmaker too because apparently he can just do that. Yeah, like out of nowhere, right? Like uh- – yeah, I guess, like, there, there's, like, a film-based way to look at this, too. Like, if you just – if you look at, like, this series today, it was pretty imp- it was a pretty impressive win for them, right? But this was not exactly, like, a clean series, right? This was kind of ugly in a lot of senses of the word. Like, this is a very LPL series. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of back and forth, a lot of kind of, like, questionable decision-making on both sides. So, like, if you want to look at it strictly from that standpoint, like – I know there are a bunch of people tweeting out like there's no way Damwon's losing to either of these teams during the series this morning. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but because sometimes a series just turns into that, right? This is the G2 special, right? G2 sometimes just make a series into a, you know, a, a mudslinging fight. You know, it's like, okay, this is turns into a bar fight out of nowhere, right? Um, sometimes series end up that way. It doesn't, it's not necessarily uh, a damnation or, or, or a criticism of either side, but I, I'm with you. Like, I think this damn one team is just ridiculous. So, I guess we'll do pick of the week. Um, last week, I had Sooning plus 1.5 maps at minus 159. That hit. John had the over 26.5 in G2 damn one. Uh, he hit on three out of four of those. I priced it, or I uh, graded it accordingly. Uh, unfortunately, the bonus pick of the week barely missed. Thanks to the It won in spirit. You it can count it as a win. They cover the spread, right? Seven and a half. Oh uh, yeah, the spread. Yeah. They lost. Yeah. Um, Chris had G two. Chris and Josh both had G two. Chris on the money line, and Josh had minus one point five maps. And at DFS, Chen had damn one first tower in game one at minus one fifty. So that connected as well. Uh, I'll do the listener pick of the week because so. This is probably on me. I should have put it out earlier in the week to give people a heads up, but we're also kind of doing this very short notice. We didn't have too many submissions for it this week. Uh, Chen was the only submission for listener pick of the week, and he's just running it back again with Damwon First Tower at the same price, minus 150. I respect that game. Uh, it's Again, it's still like a 30% edge. Yeah, so, dang, like, man. yeah, just keep hitting it, right? Uh, so, he's going to run that one back. Uh, 
John. We have obviously very slim pickings this week. I, I don't, if you guys want to double up, I think that's fine. It's the last match of the year. I think it's totally fine if you want to double up. Yeah, I'm just going with the under under 27 and a half kills uh, in all the games of this series. I think I like the under here. Okay. Chris is on Sooning for uh, previously mentioned Game 3 purposes. I don't think he actually has Dan one or has Sooning winning this series, but he's trying to play catch-up a little bit. Uh, Josh? Go ahead. Give me a second. I'm going to look at the process. Uh I'll say the same thing I did last week. Like, if you want to, I mean, I think this this money line's close enough, considering we have like very little to choose from here. So, uh, if you want to do what money are, line, I think that's reasonable. If you want to do damn one money line, I'll do damn one minus one and a half maps. Yeah. While he's looking, what what uh, MVP props do you have left? I have Juan Fang and uh, Canyon. Those are my two going into the finals. Um, I'll take a look real fast because my Juan Fang one is really big, so I really hope Stunning wins. Yeah, I have um, I have all four. I have everybody except for Angel on Sooning, ranging from so SOFM would be plus four thousand, Sword Art is plus ten thousand, Juan Fong is plus twenty thousand, and Bins plus forty five thousand. So that's nice. Any of I, those, uh, any of those, if Sooning win, good day. I did like most of my, and then I have MVP. Canyon and Barrel for damn one. Yeah, most of my MVPs I did point two units. Yes, yeah, uh, but for Juan Fang I did a full unit because I thought the price was like if they win, I thought he was basically guaranteed to win MVP, and so I thought the price was like very far off with all the narrative that's been going around him. I thought he just had to have a mediocre series to get Player of the Series in the final. I think so. I, I thought his price was really far off, and I put a whole unit on it. So I would love. For uh, at plus twenty five thousand, I would love for him to win. Yeah, the 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 plus side for me in this situation is because I got so much on these these sooning player MVPs. Unless they win and Angel wins, which would be like the complete blowout, but I can kind of hedge a little in that way. Like I can just go a little heavier than I normally would have on Damwon here because there's like you know an eighty percent chance that. I get a gigantic payout if any of these guys connect, especially if it's if it's a, a Sword Art, Huanfang, or Bin, which is very real because they've been like the carries for that team, right? So um, I also have Canyon and Barrel. I, the, the way I did futures this year, or like for M, the way I do MVP voting, is obviously it's like not it's it's a high vig market, so you've got to have a game plan going into any kind of like big outrights market, but. Uh, I kind of treated it like a golf tournament. Anybody that's ever bet golf, um, you can do like either way or um, like to win a tournament. What you do is you set a, an amount that you're going to stake out, right? This is maybe like a little lesson for the end of the show here. You set an amount that you're willing to stake out, and you want to divvy it up, like divide everything up in a way that no matter who if, – if any of your bets connect, like if any of them win, that you're up, that you profit. Some of them, obviously, you're going to profit more. Some of them you don't. So you want to separate it in a way that um, it, distribute your staking in a way that no matter – like, if, if one of them connects, you you profit from it. So it, it can basically like, – like, right now, like, the the worst – the quote-unquote worst-case scenario for me would have been Caps. Caps was the most expensive person I paid up for. He was plus 1,800. 
he was my largest wager. He was the only .4 unit wager I had on this, and that was only to get it up to that threshold of if he won, I would have paid for all of my other entries and net like a quarter unit or something like that. So um, the way I kind of approached it this year was just take like the cheapest option on each team. Like especially – like most of my exposure to this was the top eight teams, seven or eight teams, and I took the cheapest options available on um on each of those top teams. So I didn't play I didn't pick any top esports players. I only picked two of Damwon's players. Uh I think I only had I was very similar to you. I had no top esports players and I only, only had one three Damwon. people on JDG also. So like ba- basically any I only took one player that was like in the like plus two thousand or better range. I didn't take like Knight or Jackie or any of these any of these guys that were priced like really, really high up on the table. I took a lot of like middle and bottom of the table players and I'll tell you something. Like, if any, if Sooning win this series, I'm not going to give a shit how much I lose on on the damn one sides in this series because, yeah, I mean, I would bit, plus forty five thousand on Bin. That was like all the Sooning players. The price was ridiculous, except for Angel. I think he was like four thousand or something like that. So, I totally agree with you. I thought Juan Fong was just so mispriced. Yeah, um, Josh, you got the right. yeah, I found it. Um, so. I think the first tower bet's a good one, but I think uh, in the same game, they have first inhib at minus 165, so you're paying 15 more points of juice for what I would consider a much more, um, like, concrete play, just because if they're winning the game, they're, like, almost definitely going to take the first inhibitor, but you can you can win a lot of games in which you don't get the first tower. Yep. You just trade early Drake for early Herald or something. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Obviously, Damo doesn't usually do that, but... It's a high correlation I- play. Yeah, I would just say I'd rather take the 15 points of juice to say, hey, I think they're going to win game one, and that's basically what I'm betting on at minus 165, which I think you said. Uh, the is... Matt money line is minus 175, so this is like another yeah. correlation. It's like 10 points cheaper for exactly you know, how many how many situations do you win losing the first inhibitor? Doesn't it, it happens, yeah. but it doesn't happen very Not often. Not very often. So it's like one of these yeah. correlation plays. Uh, a lot of people do like uh, there's a lot of people that like like first to 10 kills, like first to five and first to 10. I think those are slightly less correlated. Than yeah, inhibitors, I, but yeah, same idea. I actually would like those bets if they offered a neither option, because uh, like I'm kind of with John. I could see these games being like nine to three, and I would actually like really love betting that if it was like plus three hundred for a neither or something like that. Yeah, I will say this: uh, all tunders are a hundred percent in play in this series. Like if you have if you're at a book that offers those, um, there's a couple offshores that do. Like if you're at a book that offers alternate unders, and you can get like. You know, plus money on like an under twenty four and a half or an under twenty three and a half stuff like that. You can get like plus one eighty, plus two hundred, something like that. I think all of those are totally live for this, and you know, divvy up your exposure in a way. I like to do uh, like spreads on those, where like I'll do under twenty seven and a half to pay for all of my alt under entries. Same kind of idea, and if they hit, you just cash. You know, it's like you kind of create a synthetic line that's like a little bit better, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm on damn one minus one and a half maps. John on under twenty seven and a half kills. Chris on Sooning money line. Josh taking damn one first inhibitor game one. Do you want to just uh, do you want to grade this out of the first? You want to just do all three, like all the all the games on every game. Yeah, and I'll press it. Okay, you want to even do the same for you, Josh? Uh, I just want game one because I I actually I'm not as. Sold on this, like it, I feel like if Damon loses Game One, I'll be much less bullish on them to take the series. Okay. So that I don't really want to have it tailing just in case that 
Sooning comes up and smashes him in the mouth. Got it. Totally reasonable. All right. Um, yeah. It's the last match of the year. Uh, we this, this is always like a, a tricky time of year where um, we haven't really talked about it too much. But what typically ends up happening is we'll watch this. We'll probably do a show next week where we recap the finals and, you know, kind of talk about the world's experience and maybe recap, you know, how we did and all that kind of thing. But typically in the off season, we, we reduce the frequency of our shows. Uh, we'll do, you know, every other week or, you know, every, every three weeks or something like that. I do want to try to put out more content uh, during the downtime this season uh, through streaming and, um, Maybe some other different show ideas, I think, like stuff like that. I think just uh, maybe we'll do more like interview style, big picture. Maybe we'll do like evergreen topics, just like betting fundamentals and stuff like that. I think we could we could do some shows on that, which could be really, really cool. Uh, we'll have um, material for hot stove season, obviously, like all the free agency. A lot of the contracts end like two days after the finals or three days after the finals. So we'll have news trickling in over the course of the offseason, and we'll be here for you guys. Just probably not going to be every week, but um, – I guess we'll talk about that uh, after next week and figure out how we want to how we want to attack that. But yeah, it's probably not going to be every week during the off season, but uh, probably more oh, frequently. We'll be around. Than, yeah, probably more frequently than we did we did last year because we did, we did very little in between last year. I think we did like one like three or four shows the entire off season. I'm looking to do more than that for sure. But yeah, uh, I agree. And I'm going to be doing a lot more streaming and stuff too, yeah. so I'll be around. Yeah, we'll definitely be around. Um, and obviously. You know, shout out to the esports department. We've got Counter Strike and Dota uh, kicking in, so we've got plenty of uh, plenty of action there still. So come hit at, come hit us up there. Obviously, I think John, you'll be streaming on the esports department uh, Twitch as well. So that I will. Yeah, enjoy this finals. Uh, we'll, you know, obviously we'll be around this week. Hit us up for opinions and whatnot. But uh, enjoy this finals. It should be. Uh, hopefully, we get a series. It's not looking like it, but hopefully, we get a series out of this and. It's always good to be pleasantly surprised on this stuff. So, um, yeah, I think unless you guys have anything, have anything else, uh, I think we'll be getting out of here, and we'll see you guys next week. See you later, guys. Go Panthers. Too late. Too late. Far <laughs> too late. Here. I'll see you next week, guys. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.